When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 817 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, once again, completely by myself, no friends at all, nothing new at all, JD Raider throwing up the L, double L's from the Reverend John Kozak, not I'll very not very positive, and an L from Ben Askin, and an L to you guys, uh, double L's for you, uh, Ben made it home, he left before the Fargo finals, uh, junior finals, he said you guys got it from here. JD, oh, they got. It. Hey, listen, they got it. I should have left earlier. Them mugs went seven for seven in the place matches. <laughs> I should have left the day before. That's insane. <laughs> that is very insane. Um, so yeah, Aiden, Aiden was Aiden or not Aiden? Um, Mirasola was he your the junior champ you guys had? Connor Mirasola won at one eighty two, but yeah, all all of our guys in place matches won. It was it was freaking. I was watching it on the plane and actually they got delayed and then actually the plane took off. Right after Connor Mirasola scored the first takedown, so then I was left in suspense for the 45-minute flight to Minneapolis. Dang. Well, you, uh... Ben, I was so excited. Oh, sorry. I, I, I had, I had the taser out. I had it charged up. I had it in my bag, ready to go. And then I heard you weren't coming. That thing, you this thing lying. is powerful too. I sat next to you yesterday. No. Yeah. <laughs> Circumstances. This, this hey. thing, man. This this taser is powerful. Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys, I still owe you one, so you guys got to get me some time. Hey, you know what I was reminiscing okay. about, and I don't know, um, man, back in Fargo, like say, I'm saying, like when I was there, just slightly after, I was thinking about Sandy Stevens used to call off every bout number. Like that was how That's people absurd. knew when they were up, and then. They ran about to a mat. Like, they had kids running to every single mat. And then they had the kids collecting the matches that were done and taking them back, and they were writing on a sheet of paper. No computers. How crazy is that? That's very crazy. I was thinking, Those were the like, good old days. How amazing is that bout sheets didn't get lost by kids? Like, they accidentally dropped one or ran into somebody or something like that. I'm sure it probably happened sometimes, but thank yeah, goodness maybe. for technology. Think of this for technology. Ben already flexed today that he he purchased the the streaming internet on planes. That's uh. That's no, quite I a didn't. No, I said I didn't. I oh, said you did I didn't. not. Oh, you I was didn't. watching. I was on the ground, and then we took off, and I thought I was maybe gonna get to the match, and uh, Connor got that first takedown on the edge, and then it went out, and I didn't get the internet again until Minneapolis. You know, while we're not it's talking about the it, internet, I, I want to say internet planes sometimes that's not very good. Yeah, well, yeah. Why do they? Can we do? Does anyone actually understand why we have to put our phones in airplane mode on the air? You don't have to. I never do. You're never. You're, you're a lemon. I know. I don't do it. I don't do it, man. You do it. You're sheep. You do it. <laughs> I, I really don't. It makes us. I'm like coward. If this is, is going to bring the plane down, then it's already over. Because I'm not the only one. One time. Do you, hey, listen to this. One time there was a lady 
uh, a fl- flight attendant, and yeah. this was this was probably like five or so years ago, and you know, no one cuts off their phone, and she she gets up there, and normally you thought, okay, they don't actually care. She's something they are required to say. She gets on like the PA, and she's like, our, our she said something like, our computers can still tell that there are some of you that still have your phones and uh, not yeah, in airplane right. mode. I was like. What? You just made that up. That's totally not not even true or a technology that you guys even have. Big rules guy Christian Pyle puts, actually puts his phone in airplane mode. I didn't know <laughs> that about you. <laughs> I'm not going to fall for that. I do not do that. Um, it. What's crazy about the phone is how long you can have service up it as you get into the air. It can be like, you know, five minutes in the air before you lose everything. So, you know, this is important. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. Um, I only got about two minutes into the air before I lost it. Um, hey, big news, though. When I texted you last night, can we talk about that? Oh, boy. I don't know what you texted me, but go ahead and talk about you it. You don't remember? Well, that, we, text, um, we texted for a um, while. I don't remember what. What, what, what you nerd? That, that Cody Chittum said he's going <laughs> to college. Oh, well, yeah, that's not as, like a secret. He, he put it on Instagram that this was his last uh, high school match. He said last his, high school match. Last I don't know. Look, it seems like also, you guys gave him a golden ticket. You guys look like fools now. And he accepted the golden ticket and said he is looking forward to it. Well, how are we supposed to know what grade these kids are in? All you guys. I mean, now I don't think he's. I, I think he's just done. From my understanding, he is done with high school. He will go off to either the OTC or a college and train for a year, and then officially start a college career after that. Really? Year after that. That post made it seem like he's going to college right now is how that post made me feel. Maybe he'll just go and live there and, like, train RTC it for a year. Who knows? Yeah. I'm, I'm not hmm. one to speculate about speculate Let's see. About this. I'm going to mess I don't think yeah, he says, exactly knows where he's off going. Off to either. college now, J.D. Yeah, off to college. It doesn't say to class. <laughs> just says <laughs> off to... <laughs> To class. A college. Oh, Most of us go to class when we get to college. What, is he going to be on Not staff? All. <laughs> is he going to teach no, finance? I'm saying I think, he, I think he's going to go somewhere and just, like, train. Okay. I, I'm pretty all sure right, he, he's still class of 2023. Yeah. So uh, the, the rumors of him reclassifying have been out there for quite some time now. The rumors of him switching his college commitment are very well known as well. Whether he goes to Minnesota, there's a lot up in the air. This this could be our new Soriano. Where is he? This is a new level even for Soriano because at least we knew what grade he was in. Now we don't even know the grade. We don't know where he's going. We don't know his commitment status. It's all up in the air for, for Chittum. But he's got a lot of options. He's obviously a hammer. He's dominant all throughout Fargo. So we will. Um, yeah. I remember cool you guys who's saying, um, I remember you guys telling me this a couple months ago, but then it kind of like, I don't think you guys forgot about it, but I never heard about it again, so I just figured it wasn't happening. What, which? That, uh... Um, he was reclassified. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just been a rumor that's been been out there for a little while. So, yeah, we'll see what he what he ultimately does. Looks like he's leaning towards reclassifying, though. Um, Larry, Larry Steele in the chat has a good point. Levi Haynes did the same thing last year, where he wrestled in who's number one, but then didn't compete in high school at all. Went to uh, an LWC, Happy trained Valley. there. So, oh really? It's the Levi Haynes move. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. But if he says, uh, I mean, if we're saying he's reclassifying, then he wouldn't be necessarily reclassifying if he just like left his high school and went somewhere and didn't actually go to uh, uh, class. Yeah, like I said. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> So yes, uh, we'll we'll see what he's doing. Um, AJ Ferrari in the portal. I, I mean, that's not a, a terrible surprise. I don't know how much or how many phone calls he's going to get given his circumstance. But there you, you go. You got some explaining to do. I mean, explaining. if uh, I'm a somebody's going to take a I'm chance on him. What's the deal? I see. Here's the thing, though, JD. There, yeah, what, these college coaches. Uh, there's no telling what, who they would recruit. They'd recruit anyone if they thought they could, you know, place at NCAs. But they've got to get past the administration. And the, you got someone that's actively under investigation for sexual assault. 
the administration was like, I don't care. This is this. First of all, this is wrestling. This is not a quarterback for you know some high-profile football team. It's it's a wrestler, which is not gonna. No one's gonna be pulling major strings to get a wrestler in with the administration. Uh, they're just not gonna have that power. So I, I think the admin, until there's some sort of clarity around this situation, resolution, I don't see him getting you know looks from a from a D1 school. He'll get looks from the coaches, but I don't know if he'll be able to get in under these circumstances. That's just my my thought and, and prediction. But yeah, there's not a coach that wouldn't probably. There's a lot of coaches that would um, roll the dice with AJ. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I talked I saw to yes. some college. Go oh, you're good, Ben. You go. You're good. Well, I, I talked to a few college coaches that are, I'm friendly with, and uh, it feels like they're staying away from it with a 10 foot pole until things clear up. Um, because there's obviously a lot of rumors out there, as I mentioned yesterday, and it seems like they are all. Kind of, it's kind of one of those things where too many people know. So everyone knows that everyone knows, and that makes them nervous. <laughs> yeah. For real, Yeah, though. I saw yesterday. I saw yesterday. Um, I, I take it as somebody associated with AJ's uh, management, like the first-round management. He, he posted uh, on Twitter, D1 wrestling coaches can be soft as baby S-word. Uh, you guys are all worried about image. And then AJ, AJ retweeted it. So uh, kind of read, reading in between the lines there, sounds like uh, not too many people are biting on, on Ferrari right now. Yeah. Whoa. Well, yeah. You know, there were, there were places he, that AJ visited that, after he left, decided to not pursue recruiting. So there have been teams that have, you know, uh, you know resisted the temptation of his talent. For the betterment of the team and their, their culture, so it's not above teams to do that, right? It's happened, but you know, you look down the list, or you look at someone that could be, you know, potentially pushing for a title or a trophy or just making some noise, and I think you'll you'll find there are going to be some some programs that'll that'll take a chance, and, and if you know, it it could be a it's a risk reward if he's found if it, he's found completely innocent and you know no wrongdoing and then you get you get a national champion wrestler and you know it can all work out but um, it's, it's a long way from that point okay uh, Ben I do want to talk about Fargo but I am curious to talk and we got Kozak here too but I wanted I talked about ranking series yesterday but you hadn't watched any of it now that you have just give me some of your opinions on, on the performance from Team USA. Well, I didn't get to watch a lot because I watched the junior final. I watched all of the junior finals. Unbelievable. Um, and then I, I started turning it into the ring series after that, but I ran out of time. Um, the Gilman matches were, I mean, look, so I watched Gilman and all of Gilman and Seth Gross. Seth Gross looked really good. Um, I was trap arm, and especially with Ali, his trap arm looked almost unstoppable. Like, he just kept yeah. getting to his trap arm over and over again. It was freaking wild. Um, it was like Atley had no answer, so he looked really good. And then, um, yeah, I was actually Gilman was I, I don't know what was up. I mean, the way he kept shooting to his belly, um, you know, part of me says maybe Kale said like, hey, just go try some new things or you know mix it up because I, I literally had this conversation with Keegan yesterday in the airport. He was uh, you know just telling me how he's trying to add some new things and then stuff's not fitting together. And I'm like, dude, like you don't need it. It's, freaking july it doesn't need to fit together like just keep trying things and then you know you need to fit together in february march like that's it you know just try new things and um so maybe it's one of those where he's trying to implement some new tactics or something but yeah really sloppy shots to his belly it was, it was weird i hadn't seen that gilman in a long time maybe never well we've seen we've no, seen the he, shots to the belly that's been a thing. Yeah. And during his Dayton series, it's it's been. It feels a, like it was excessive, though. It felt like it was like a whole bunch of them. Yeah. I I agree. That was one thing I noticed too. A lot of times he is just strong enough to somehow Stuff just by in. fingers hold on, and then yep. And he was uh, at the at the tournament as well. There were a lot of. I think he was just looking to get to a position that to you know eat a little bit of time there. I I think the. Him giving up points is, is one thing, but I just thought the the second half of some of his matches were, were what stuck out uh, stuck out yeah. to me. Just like 
not not strong finishes, which is not yes. common with. Um, well, I'll say this: like late late match tactics in really close matches, that's been an area yeah. of, of yep. weakness at times for for Thomas. But like the second period as a whole, kind of being getting run down a little bit was was sort of new for me. And I I, I yes. chalk it up. The guy's been on a heater since you know April basically of last year and he won the tournament and he didn't look as good as we'd seen him but um, I'm not alarmed right really the the horse layer thing you know not that was good a, that was a sloppy that was a sloppy high flyer he he would have stuck you with it bro so don't, bro I don't, don't get high flyer I, I, have I ever I don't think I've ever even got high flyer in practice and you won't even wrestle horse slayer, so how would we even know if this is... He surely can't lift my hips. I got a lot of beef going on these days. <laughs> the beef and cheddar. <laughs> beef and cheddar, Ben. Yeah, so, I yeah. mean... He, what, Gilman has been... Rest, Gilman's been competing a lot recently, um, weighing in a lot recently. Maybe maybe he just needs a little break. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. A little fine. reset. Uh, okay. Um... I'm, so not alarmed, but definitely not his best performance. Um, um, yeah, just looking at the results, the Marsteller, uh, that is kind of alarming, given how, um, given, given how close he was with Jordan last month. I feel like him getting kind of his butt kicked twice is a little bit, makes me a little bit nervous. Like, was Jordan not on his best game, or, you know, like, what was it? Because I, I, you know... We kind of said, oh, after trials, oh, chance is looking a lot better, um, which I, I agree with. I probably said, um, and then he looked great against Burroughs, winning a match even, um, you know. But previously, he's lost to a lot of people, um, you know. Just just say one year earlier, and now, you know, he comes out and he he got ten would by. I did. I don't know Nakodi from Iran, and I don't know Sakai. Well, Silver kind of lost his. What's up? World Silver last year. That's who uh, Burroughs beat in the finals. Okay. Cody. Um, and then I, di I didn't know the other guy. And so just like him getting kind of whooped like that was kind of uh, off-putting. So I, I thought he'd be more competitive. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But so I was up watching it. And you know how sometimes they mess up the order of international uh, like pairings? So like they'll have a whole bunch of matches all together. And then there'll be like wait time. So Marsteller, yeah. he wrestled. He wrestled those first two matches. Who that that guy from Greece is? Is uh, he won Euros this year? So he's actually he's really good. So he had that match, and then he had Savakui like 25 minutes later, and then he was on the wait time again for Nakodi right after that. So like those those three matches were like all within an hour and a half. So <laughs> it was kind of like Damn. one of the worst one of the worst possible draws you could have. So I think that's that's a way to look at maybe the bright side of it. He looked. He looked really gassed uh, against Nakodi, um, and probably rightfully so. He had he had a really like really good match against Savid Kui, who's Asian champ this year. He had a two-one match with Burroughs um, at the uh, Yasudogu in February. So I, I look at the that Nakodi loss as like ah, I don't think that's peak Marsteller, but I think Nakodi's gotten better. Um, Nakodi had lost to Savid Kui. Five to five earlier um, in the tournament as well. So, but then he had like a rest time in between. He had like an hour in between. So he was fresh. Marceller wasn't. Um, Got it. And then I think yeah, the, the Sakayev match. Yeah, that's probably a little bit more concerning to me. Um, kind of knocks Marceller down maybe a little bit. But yeah, I wouldn't read too much into the Nakodi one. Okay. Got it. And then Seth Gross. Um, you mentioned that he looked good. You talked yeah. about his trap arm gut. Anything else that stuck out to you about Seth? I, I, I don't know why, but that dude, okay, so the first sequence, Otley gets a um, head inside double, and he gets him up, and he's trying to secure a, like, um, uh, you know, like a, a cartwheel on the edge. It's actually yeah. a, it's a great, it's a great tactic uh, for freestyle wrestling, right, because there's almost, there's almost no concern because they hit out of bounds first, so they can't score on you, and you can kind of, like, send it. Um, but Seth was so wiggly up there, and and he, he got one point out of it. And then he like sat over there for a while, 
and then you know you can tell he's either frustrated or uh, maybe tired right uh something he's just sitting over there and then they pan back to the center and he still takes even more time and it's like is this new gas from this like first exchange of carrying this man around for you know 15 seconds or whatever it was it was kind of weird there was definitely some weird effort stuff with Atley. Like, he gave up yeah. a, a no-effort go-behind after yeah, he was in sure. on a shot. And Seth was going to work and was maybe going to score from the position regardless. But his hands were just on the mat. He just let him run behind at, at one point. Uh, yeah, d- not the most uh, heartfelt performance from Suleiman Atley, But still a, a very quality mm. guy to beat. Um one thing with Seth in that position, we've seen him there before be really, really difficult. That was the Jesse Mendez position where Mendez had him completely lifted uh, in the air. Yeah. And then, you know, I Seth ended yeah, up. Yeah, the, the head in the middle. So, listen, I love these cartwheel doubles in freestyle. They're so tremendous. Um, so if you imagine the guys on your shoulders, you can't attack at the knees because that you can't get the leverage to pull them down enough when the head's in the middle. So, um, the head's on the outside. It's way easier because you can pull the legs across the body and like hit a hit a roll like in this direction not this direction mm-hmm. um but when the head's in the middle like going this way they set their feet down so you almost have to like slide to like the heels or something and then you know pull like across as you're going but then their upper body can still move because you only have their ankles you know so that is um it's significantly more tricky when the head's on the middle got it yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought Seth looked good. I think he's, um, I feel like Seth is more fundamental maybe than people give him credit for. Like, he's able to, he's not just a guy who needs guys on his legs to, to score. You know, he's he was getting the legs really consistently throughout the tournament, which is yeah. something he's often been able to do. I I think he's going to be problems, but I'm curious for Kozak's read on, on Seth's performance. Yeah, I think... Definitely optimistic about how he looked. Atley's really fallen off over the last couple of years, so I don't know if you can read too much into that win, although he, you know, he looked great. Um, but if you look at the uh, if you look at the World Championship ranking, so it's got like the top ten guys per weight. You got Ray Higuchi, who's really good, uh, and then Harutunyan, who Dayton did beat last year, but I feel like matchup wise could be tough for mm-hmm. for Seth just because he holds a really good position. Um, uh, and then uh, Bakarov, who's a Russian transfer, now representing Albania. I think he's, I think he's maybe one of the class of this of this 61 kilograms. He just teched um, Stevan Micic at the uh, Mediterranean Games, uh, pretty pretty easily. Kind of rolled him up. And then Reza Atri from Iran is coming up from 57. He took fifth at the Olympics uh, last year. Gilman so beat him for bronze. I think. Gilman beat him for bronze. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's some guys in this weight class that I still, I still haven't seen enough enough of Seth to to like kind of feel really really confident that he's gonna medal at Worlds. But I feel good after what I saw, you know, last week. I think, I don't know, I, I have him ranked sixth right now, going for a medal. Like, I think that's kind of where where he fits in my mind. But um, feel good about him for sure. Nice. Yeah, I, I feel similar. It's like, um, man, that performance was good, and then he looked great against Dayton. But then, you know, you think back to the trials, and it's like he was so close to being out of the whole process, right? I mean, if Mendez doesn't get trapped arm or scores another takedown, it's, it's over for him. Um, yeah, that makes it, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think he could do really well. Like, I, there, I think there's a potential matchup-wise that he could go all the way and win it, uh, but there's a matchup potential-wise where he's out first or second round also. It reminds yeah. me of the 2017 Gilman run. So yeah, this, great one. This yeah. part, like, you know, Gilman barely qualified. He sh- almost lost to the Loper, <laughs> Daniel DeShazer at the last <laughs> chance. And then, you know, he got the ball rolling. He barely beat Nathan Tomasello, like late, like literally last second takedown uh, to mm-hmm. beat Nato. And then he beats Tony. And then it's just like, has all this momentum. He's going to have an element uh, that Gilman had, which is first-time experience for the world. Yep. Like, he's not a known commodity like Dayton would be this year yeah. or even was surely last Surely these guys at this point, though, Christian, surely they know what full wrestling is and they come on and they see all these matches, right? That has to yes, happen. Yes, but I, I think someone like Seth is um, a really unique kind of competitor and has a really 
different sort of feel that um, is not easily recognized with film review or replicable true, in the room. Yeah. That's and, true. Uh, that, that's, that, to me, I think is a big part of Seth's advantage, especially, especially this first crack. Um, we've seen a lot of guys with first, first attempts do really well. So I'm I'm not um, true. I'm not selling I, I, I'm buying Seth as a as a bona fide metal contender and with no Abiskazi you know that that eliminates one guy that we pretty much know can't beat right like no one no yeah. one was beating that guy this year and now he's not going to be there so that's big uh, mm-hmm. so yeah Team USA fun stuff we got the Poland Zilkowski's happening right now. Yeah, dude. Uh, Marathon's wrestling. De- DeSanchez. Is, DeSanto. Uh, he's wrestling. He won his first, and he lost late in his, uh, I guess, his second match, John. Yeah. His second, so. Yep. Oh, it's happening right now. Did they realize it's Tuesday or when? How, what day is it? That's what I told you. Part of the track of days. I'm actually not sure what day it is. It's Sunday. It's Sunday at 8 p.m. right now, Ben. In Poland or in yeah, America? So, no, for you. I know it's morning. I know it's morning, Christian. So I think the first round is done. I don't know. The schedule's really weird. The brackets, I don't know what they're doing as far as... I think they got the old, like, vertical pairing thing going on or something. What? Um, it's really vertical hard to pairing, follow. pairing, that's still a thing? Bring it back. I don't know. All I don't know. should be vertical it, I, pairing. I can't figure it out. But the metal rounds uh, start at uh, noon Eastern. Um, yeah, so... DeSanto, he looked good in his first match, but then lost to Markovic. Um, he was winning late, and then kind of like a very predictable. I was watching him in the car on the way over with JD, and uh, he had a lead, and he just couldn't stop shooting. And he shot in, got dumped over, exposed, and then lost lost by one point. Hey, um, I'm on UWW website. Where do I find these brackets? I'm on, the, I'm on the Zilkowski uh, event. No, you gotta go to you gotta go to Sportzona. <laughs> you gotta go to sportzona, sportzona.pl. Oh my! I, of course. Why I'll didn't text I know you. that? I'll text you, Ben. <laughs> ben, I'll text you. Sportzona.pl. Or you could. Site can't be reached. I don't know. I don't. I don't have access to those things. I guess. Yeah, Wisconsin. I think blocks it as like, anything <laughs> Polish. <laughs> too many so, Polish yeah. people in Wisconsin. Lots of skis and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, too many mm-hmm. skis. And they love polka. I think that's that should probably be Polish too, right? You know, that's the thing with Wisconsin. Nowhere to ski. It's too <laughs> darn flat. Next up, let's talk about Fargo. For crying out loud, it's where Look, finals, junior finals, baby. James Dean and Jonathan are right now. We had the junior finals yesterday. Plenty to get to. Some really, really impressive performances. We already talked about Cody Chittum. We already talked about Connor Mirasola. Um, AWA sweeping hey. 182 at Fargo. Yeah. Pretty cool. You know what was um, more uh, kind of crazy for me, guys, is how many matches were, and I don't feel this way about the Greco, or sorry, Freestyle Cadet Finals, how many matches were changed by top work? I mean, there was so many matches that were blown wide open by laces or guts. Probably five, I think, maybe, that were really like, they were really competitive, and then boom, all of a sudden it's over. Yeah, like the Jessaroga Horwath match was like, yep. I think one takedown each, and yep. uh, he got the lace going, and that was the difference. Um, ha- happened. Webster, Webster and Corey Land. Corey Land got a, a trap arm off that scramble. Block Aob, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was one. Yep. Uh, okay, listen, I don't want to complain right now, Christian. Yeah, you My man, Kozak, you said this is Polish. I can't read Polish. I don't know what the hell this says. What no, 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 there's do a drop here? down. You- there's a drop down you can switch to English. Ben doesn't know anything oh, about I see, I see it. Pol- it's Polski or English. You know, they're so, yeah. they love skis so much in Poland, they call it Polski. That's the language, apparently. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. It says Polski right here. There I'm not it sure. Is. Okay. So are, right, we talking about, are we talking about, are, are, are you going to be able to talk about it or are you going to be looking at Polish brackets. I got issues here. You know, stop making fun of my. Uh, I'm not making feet. fun. I'm trying to help. So I'm good. Let's go. Corey Land, trap arm gut. It was uh, really tight. Couldn't get out. Yep. Could <laughs> not get out of that. Um, do we want to talk about the, the Mason Gibson, Luke Stanich? Oh. 
Can we show it? Because this was a disaster. I think we can show it. Um, so it's setting the stage here. It's 6-4 Stanek late in the second. Gibson needs two to win. Um, we can play it. This happens. And then this happens. And a conversation ensues afterwards. You, if you're not watching, Mason goes single to seatbelt to a limp arm on the edge. And they give two here. And oh, can we freeze it? So, the, I mean, the only argument you have on the one, uh, for, for uh, the only argument you have even for Mason is that Sanch hits his hips for a split second. But at the time he does hit his hip, he has an underhook. And Mason Gibson's other arm is like up on his shoulder. So it's like, does he hit his I, hip with time on the clock? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Can we? We'll, we'll freeze it here in a second. Right around one, change, just start pausing. Better. Yeah, look okay. at the slow mo work from Nico. Right Eric, here, break. boom. That's not right, a hit. So, not a takedown. Freeze. Boom. And then Stanch's arm is in between them now. And in freestyle. Additionally, in freestyle, you need to be all the way behind them. Remember, they've made a big point of emphasis of pass behind, yes. being behind, pass behind their hips. He's not behind their hips, you know? He's, so then as, right, hold on. Um, well, you can't, this is, it's already at triple zero here. Yeah, this, and then, but even right there, okay, three, go back one split second. Go back, uh, when he hits his hip. Even when he hits his hip, oh, damn it. Um, Stan's arm is between the bodies, and Mason Gibson's right arm is on the mat. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean that, this, that, that position, both legs. but that position's totally immaterial because time's time's up. It can't be that it, it cannot be that that was given to. So it's not even worth actually discussing. Go back to one second then. See where that at one second. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think at any point in time this is a takedown at all. Uh, this is a really bad call. I don't I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking on this one. Uh, they went to review. It's it's really bad. Yeah, I mean. My, my thought out of this was, if this is a takedown, then there's a lot of takedowns not getting called in freestyle wrestling. Oh yeah, for um, sure. Right there. So it's got it's got to be between one one second and zero at the zero. And they're almost facing each other at that point in time. Yeah. Ah. So weird. What was the? Were you guys on the ground uh, when this happened, John and JD? No. I was in the plane and people went crazy. People were going nuts on the plane. Uh, yeah, they were going nuts on the plane. Dang. No. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't, we weren't. I wasn't here yet. Crazy. Okay. Yeah, not. Yeah. But it's not, you, uh, just not a good call. I can't even. I mean, if, it's either it's either a great call and every there's just tons of terrible calls it's happening. Not, it's, not, it's not a great call, Chris. Yeah, great. I know that. I'm saying the two okay. things that have to be true. It's either a great call and they got it right, or every other takedown is based. There's like hundreds of takedowns being missed because this is a takedown. And um, hey, uh, for the record, it, it was reviewed. And yeah, ruled that way. That's the yeah. that's the scary part. That's the scary part. That's what freak freaking me out a little bit. Freaking yeah, because that at no point was that very close to takedown. Um, hey, so I, kind of on topic, but a little bit off, only slightly off topic, Christian. So don't get too mad at me. Uh, the book I'm currently reading is by this really great psychologist named Daniel Kahneman. It's called Noise, and it's talking about flaws in human judgment. But it's funny because the most recent chapter I'm reading, uh, the most recent ones are both on reading fingerprints. And then medical diagnoses, and um, when when the, the what they proved essentially through a bunch of studies was when the new person looking at the evidence already knew what the previous person had thought, they're significantly more likely to side with them. So you know they would give them the same case study with knowing the previous answer and then without knowing it, and it changes the person answers significantly. And I was thinking about how at Fargo. This is so bad because Max actually brought this up on one. He said, he said, he said, if the judge, if the person sitting by the scorecard, the judge um, disagrees with the call that has been made, you have a good chance of getting the, the block and getting the call reversed. But if the judge doesn't agree, because the, the reviewer comes and sits down next to the judge and then tells the judge what they have already called. They've called, what has been called, this is what we've been called them at, this is why. So they get their explanation to them. That, that is such a flawed process because now yeah. the, the person reviewing already has a preconceived notion of what happens. They're biased. Uh, so going I think in biased. Was, uh, yeah, they're significantly biased. So it, uh, that was a good call by my brother Max because um, uh, he said that two nights ago and I read that in his book. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's obvious. Why do they let the judge who already has made the call 
tell the reviewer what call has been made. The reviewer should go in there blind and say like, oh, this is what I think. Yeah, yeah it doesn't make any sense. Yes. You don't need to get caught up to speed. They can watch and see for themselves how they want yeah, to call it. Um, what do you think Kozak, you watch a lot. What's up? Have you seen takedowns like that? Is that consistent with anything you've seen? I don't think so. I mean, I was going to say there's a there's a really good follow on Twitter. His name is Pat Pat Pollard, and he's a um, I think he's a retired official now, but he still like watches all the training, stays up to date on like the UWW rulebook and everything. And he said that was one for for Mason. He said it wasn't behind, and there was only two points of contact um, on the ground, which you need you need three. Um, and so those he was like saying because of those those two criteria that uh, it, was, it was just one but and I, I agree and I think this kind of goes back to almost what we were talking about after final X it's the out of bounds is kind of also what makes it tricky as well um, the continuation out of bounds I mean if it's just simply one step out you know there there you go it's one point so I think it's this it points to the rules need to be simplified yeah um, and, they just, and they just call it different on they, they call these things different on the edge than they would in in, in in the course of action, they would never, ever even dream of calling this two. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good call. And, like, anyone that's saying, like, he was on a hip is not – didn't actually watch carefully enough because he was not on a hip during the match. While time was in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I do think but that would – even if he was on a hip, even if he was on a hip, he had the underhook. He's a, he has an underhook, and Mason Gibson's other hand is on the mat. Like – that's not control. Mason Gibson has an overhook, and, like, it's, it's not even really that yeah. good of a position. Like, if you said, hey, Ben, choose one of these positions, and you froze it, I'm probably going to yeah. choose Stanford's position, honestly. They yeah. will call the hip more. What was the one? It was, yeah. uh, was it Zane J.O., where they yeah. called, he went down to the hip just for a second. Uh, yeah, in the final X, they called the that. So they will call, they will call that, but that, that when he but was on the be hip, behind that was... Too. Uh, that's what I don't know about. That's that's what I'm I'm unsure about. But that, either way, when he went to the hip, time was out. So that shouldn't make a difference. Sure. Fair enough. Okay. Right. So uh, not a good call. We want, talk about the other, we want to talk about the other controversial call? Yeah, this was a weird one. one six. Riggins? Yeah. yeah, Riggins. Can I lead it in? I think I'm in the minority. Yeah, Ben Go lead it in. Well, so th this is actually my main contention with... Freestyle scoring, and so like I told you guys, freestyle folks are like my two children, so I'm not trying to say one is better than the other. But what you saw here was initially one guy got four, and then the other guy got four. That's a freaking eight-point swing. That's 80% of a tech fall. That's four takedowns, right? Um, and actually five, because if you were to get, if someone were to get uh, an eight-point swing, you'd have to get another takedown to get over their four, you know, their four-point move. Um, and this one is highly – I can actually – I told Christian I could see it both ways. I think I would have scored it for Ruiz, but Ruiz is in a great position, and it, it looks almost inevitable that what happens is going to happen. And then at the last minute, Reagan decides to kind of like jump or press into it, which then makes it look like he's the one doing the action. And he may have been, but he's also forced to do the action, and he was headed that direction anyways. And then at the very worst case um, – it should be 4-2 because you got to give Ruiz something for rolling him all the way through. Yeah, can we um, can we can we roll it? 4-0 no, is, is almost inexcusable. This, that's the end. Um, it's before this. This yeah, it's before this. Wait, do you have a timestamp for him, JD, at all? Uh, yes. Should be. It's, it's right the there. Clock. It was oh, also yeah. the oh. the longest review of all time. Yeah. Yeah, this is... First of all, wait a good, good way for Aiden Riggins to come back because he was losing 7-8 and then he went yeah. up 11-8. All right, people. right here. Here it is. Right. So, so it looks almost inevitable that he's going to fall and then right at the last minute he kind of jumps. He does jump. He does definitely jump into but, it. But go right before... Because we can go back. Like, go super slow. Like, right before the jump, you see his body is starting to tip forward. Like, he's going that direction. He's, yeah. He's, he's going that direction. Like, and pause right here for one second. Let me... Can I just... Uh, Oh, we get that. Okay, pause right here. Can we pause? So, uh, Nico Ruiz has gotten to a good position. And if you, when you watch when they get to their feet, 
Aiden Riggins starts tipping forward. He is going to continue to tip forward. There is no stopping this motion for Aiden Riggins. So at the last second, he says, okay, I'm going to send it. I'm going to jump. So this is where it's like, okay, Riggins does jump, in fact, right? But, but at the same time, he was going over. There's no way he was stopping this action. Once they're tipping forward, he's going to his back. And so this is where it's like, I see it both ways. Like, he was going to go there. He did jump. So because Ruiz forced him there, essentially, whether he jumped or not, I'm giving it to Ruiz. You could also argue, though, that Riggins forced Ruiz to do that, too, by taking the shot. Like, if you go back even further. Yeah. But right there, he's tipping forward, and then at the end, he jumps. You know, it's like, yeah, but you were already headed to your back here. It's also interesting, though, because Riggins put himself, like, he worked to stand up with that single leg, you know. But that was Ruiz the bad idea. That was, that was a terror, honestly. Um, from a I know, I was watching it. Yes. I was watching it, like, he doesn't have to do points. this. He's winning by three. Yeah. You're winning by three. Why in the hell would you stand up? Maybe you try to, like, post and lift from your knees. Um, or maybe mm -hmm. you just bail. Because at that point, if you bail, it's a one-point maneuver because he had just scored, right? So it wouldn't be, it would not be considered a takedown. It would be considered a reversal because he, he just scores off this four. Right, so if now yeah. he bails to his belly, it's a one point. Right, it's considered a reversal, not a yeah. takedown. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean that was a bad tactical error by Aiden Riggins to stand up at this point. Um, yeah. So I, I would have went for Ruiz because of what I said, um, but I understand what they're looking at here for sure. This, yeah, it's a, I think it's a really difficult call. I think part yeah. of Riggins I think it's working up was. As Ruiz was kind of like draping, like the pressure yeah. was off, so he kind of almost got like suckered into like building yeah, yeah. up. Whereas, up. Yeah. whereas otherwise, I don't, I don't think he would have because he, he just got light there. And Ruiz yeah. was able to roll him through. Yeah, I don't know. The more I watch it, the more I feel like it's Riggins' points. Yes, I, I, I think I agree. I, there's one point where you can pause it, and I don't always like this, but Ruiz's feet are completely off the mat. And then, Rig like, Riggins' left foot is still on the mat, and then you see him Even the way push he takes off him through, like, with this left foot. Riggins doesn't. Like, Rig Ruiz didn't want to be here. Riggins took it here, and then Ruiz here goes. Like, whether bad or not, like, Riggins kind of forced that position, and then it was a and also not Riggins quite a YOLO crotch lock. Riggins but falls to his, his side. He doesn't, no, it can't he doesn't be go a YOLO crotch lock because he was back. there the whole time. Yeah. I know, but like, I don't think Ruiz is like wanted to come up to his feet and then crotch lock it well, through. He, yeah, he had to want well, to come think, to his feet. I think he actually exactly got to get four points at this I time. So yes, it, he has to want to come. Definitely to his feet what he's trying for. Yeah. Huh. I, well, I, no, I think he wanted to do it originally, and then he was put in that position, like put in a worse position by Riggins standing up like that. Watch the watch so, the way yeah. Riggins. Though. Like he would have liked to hit it right here. Yeah. Lift him all the but way. But Riggins, yeah, also, like, but Riggins doesn't the go the world all right the way through. But do you guys see yeah. what I'm saying about how Riggins is, is falling forward? So in that position, okay, let's think about what, what, here's what I like to think about, and this is where some refs miss, because they, they, and I love you refs, so don't get mad at me, but you guys, they, they, they don't understand wrestling at a deep enough level. You got to think about what do you want to actually happen, right? So at that moment where he's tipping forward, if you're in a high crotch, do you actually want to be tipping forward? And the answer is no. I want to be getting my ass down and my head up to lift the man up, right? So if, if I'm tipping and my butt is coming up and my head is going down, I'm being forced to do something that I don't actually want to do, right? So in that position, like a, a proper recovery would be like I use my inside leg, which would in this instance would be his right one, and like do like a sweep, like sweep the leg and dump into his back. Like that would be a recovery position. Um, but this, you said YOLO. This is a YOLO by Riggin. This is a YOLO like shit. I'm about to get dumped. I'm just going to jump to make it look like it's my thing. That's exactly what happened. And hey, bravo to him because he made it look like enough of his thing that they gave him the points. Yeah. Um, Do you understand what I'm saying by like what they want to happen? Yes. What Aiden Riggins wants to happen is he mm -hmm. wants to get his head up and his butt down and lift. That's what yes. he wants to happen. He does not want his head to be going down or his butt to be going up. That is the opposite of what we want to happen there. So he's being forced to do something he doesn't want to do. I'll say this. I don't understand how Ruiz gets nothing for that. That's, yeah. straight, a straight 4-0, I, I have a hard time with. And I don't like 
what makes it tough is, and, and the thing they cited was that Riggins initiated and was on the leg. And I don't know if that's always like the the thing you can hang your hat on for the for these yeah. You cannot. That should not be a good hanger of hatter. Hanger of hatter, as we we've been saying. That. Ben, I think though to your point though, like your Ruiz, if he's gonna do crotch lift for four, he doesn't want his right leg lifted up off the ground, right? Absolutely like he doesn't not. want it up outside the body. So like Correct. you can't yeah, you can't say though, like Riggins doesn't want to finish like that because Ruiz wouldn't want to finish a, a crotch lift like that either. You know what I well, mean? Well so they're they're in a battle where both both men are vying for good position, right? Um yeah. and Essentially, yes, Ruiz would love both feet on the ground so he can get more power. And Riggins makes that not happen. But again, um, you know, as, as you're watching positions slowly, you're seeing them develop, right? So I guess, yeah, if we start from the beginning and he's on his knees, yeah, at that point, Ruiz would prefer to slide Riggins' shoulder out, lift him up, and just toss him over. That would be easiest case scenario, right? But Ru Ru right. Riggins is too good for that. He keeps his shoulder in. He's able to come to his feet. But then when he comes to his feet, he actually doesn't want to lift that foot off the mat like that, right? What he would really like to do is get more up in the crotch so he can lift the body, right? That's what the high crotch guy wants to do. He doesn't want to lift that leg because that's dangerous. Um, what he wants to do is get up in towards the crotch and lift, lift the body, and he's not able to do that. So, you know, they're in a position which is probably not ideal for either one of them. It's not really what either one of them wants. Um, and But then, so I guess I'm, I'm kind of being repetitive here, but what I'm watching is as as they're going there that Riggins has tipping forward he has no choice he has no choice in that he's going to his back guys um, he could either try to do what he did or he could have like bailed on the leg and tried to dive to his belly one of the two is, is the only thing that's going to happen there's no other recovery at that point in time so um, like that, I see it both ways um, I, they, I would, if I would have made the call that's why I'm making the call for four for Ruiz but I see it both ways cool other um Fargo notable performances, of which there were many. Uh, for me, is that a Donald Trump line right there? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> haters and doubters, of which of there which were many. There are many. <laughs> yeah, that does. That is a little Trumpy. Um, stole that. No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> there's nothing new under the sun, Ben. Don't you know that? Cody Merrill, for me, was was one of the bigger standout performers. Um, first of all, he yeah, beat, I think. Good. Three, three or four different top ten guys in this bracket, and he he sort of dominated Rylan Rogers. Uh, and I I think Rylan was probably the favorite in that match. I certainly thought Rylan was going to win, and it was wasn't really all that competitive. Merrill is like head hands defense, his go behinds. He's like he's a real powerhouse, and he's kind of got that like a little bit of a sleeper build and kind of appearance. But man, he's He's a he's a beast. Yeah, I agree. Um, he he looked good the whole tournament. Yeah, he beat he beat the I, I didn't know the Michael Delgado kid, uh, but he beat him in round thirty two, and then he beat Cole, and then Hayden Walters, and then Wyatt Volker, which that was a, a very last second. Um, that was just like just power. He just powered through it. There wasn't a lot of technique to that. Sometimes you just got to get strong on him, and that was what he did to win that one at the buzzer. Yeah, and they look great in the finals. He's, he's a powerhouse for sure. Um, like watching him. Man, um, who else stood out? I mean, um, Ryder Block I thought was really good. Kyle Dutton. I didn't know Kyle Dutton. My guy man. lost to Kyle Dutton in the round of 256, and I kind of thought Rocked like, up. My, I kind I of thought my guy was, was going to like kind of do all right, you know? And when he lost in the round of 256, I'm like, damn it. And I looked the kid up. I'm like, oh, this kid's pretty good. And then he was ranked like tenth or something coming in. He's really, really good. He killed yeah. everyone. Yeah, he killed Bowman. Um, which Bowman is a guy you need to kill him. You, you've got to yes. put this guy out. You can't let him hang around <laughs> in the match. In the dagger. When, when he got eight zero, it was like, all right, man, put put him away, and he did. Because um, mm -hmm. these these kids can just freaking they're, they're pinners. They're dangerous. Yeah. He's super solid, um, man. Great get for Neil Arisman and Arkansas yeah, Little Rock. I believe he only had one match that wasn't a tech ball, though. Yeah, he, he, he dominated. Yeah, Dutton, yeah, Dutton. He, he earned OW. Oh, yeah, Official OW. Yeah. 
I probably would have. Yeah, he only gave Cody, up. But... Uh, so yeah, my guy got a point on him in the first round, and then he tenoed everyone else except Jack Hansen in the semis. Wow, very impressive. Wow. That's that's extremely impressive. Um, JD or Kozak, who uh, who's on your mind that um, you know that, that stood out for you or interesting matches? Uh, I was going to mention Block as a standout. For me, I actually picked him to win, but to me, the big story as a whole is just Iowa, baby. Yeah. Dominant. And that was one of our FRL questions, like, yep. uh, from Ben Swallow. What do you attribute the recent resurgence of Iowa high school wrestling? Traditions there seem to have uh, seem to be better than they have been in a long time on the national stage, despite being a it's smaller populist state. It's the emergence of the, the clubs there, Seabolt. Yep. Um, Seabolt's been around for, you know, quite some time now, but I think now has, has really learned how to coach kids at these age and is, um, you know, de developing them better. And a lot of these guys are training together. They're doing a good job at getting the guys to compete. Um, that's an issue for a lot of states is sometimes these states have the guys, but they don't want to compete at Fargo. Um, or duels, mm -hmm. and I was getting them. Big game uh, is also yeah. doing tremendous. That that's a new newer club as well. So, it I think you just owe a lot it to those club coaches in the area. Yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah. anytime you see this kind of thing, you've got to look at coaching. Hundred percent. I mean, obviously, it it could be cyclical. Also, just. Um, you know, I know, like, uh, before AWA started, there's a really good crop of Wisconsin kids that came through and that did really well. You know, the Filky and Deeringer, they kind of had a handful of kids surrounding them also that were really good. Um, so states go through this. But, yeah, I think they have a really good club system, both the ones you mentioned. Um, and uh, that that matters so much. And you've seen this a lot in the Midwest, obviously. We have one. Pinnacle's great. Illinois has got a bunch of good clubs, Izzy and some others. Um and a lot of other states are kind of more fractured, um, you know, meaning clubs are battling each other, the kids are flip-flopping around, and just things that I think aren't very good for long-term development. And so um, I, I would agree with JD that's a big contributing factor. I also wonder, um, one of the narratives about Iowa and Fargo performance and just like the it seemed like specialization wasn't, wasn't there as much, like there are a lot of kids do multiple sports. It seems like a lot of these guys are pretty specialized now in just just wrestling. And you're going to see the big payoffs for those at, at the high school level, right? If you have a kid. Yeah. Um, the payoffs for specialization come actually earlier rather than, than later, uh, it would seem. So I think that's part of it. I think a lot of credit to having really good club coaches and really good clubs with a lot of wrestlers all training together year-round. That has obviously a profound impact. Mm -hmm. And Iowa, Iowa loves wrestling. You know, it's it's a and and you don't need uh you know they you don't need the huge gaudy numbers of participants to do really well at Fargo. If you if you if you're putting you know the amount that they're putting on the podium, it's not a it's not a they, huge they four, numbers don't actually help. Four champs, nine in the top them. three. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's gonna that's gonna put you up there. So uh, I, uh, Wisconsin moved from uh, 10th or 11th to 5th just on winning seven place matches. So, I mean, those the wow. placement points are the, uh, the only points, literally. So, yeah, having a lot of numbers doesn't really help at all. It's just you got to have those higher-end kids. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's good. It, it is cyclical, too. Like, um, we saw, shoot, in, like, it was 2014 or 2015, Oklahoma. Look at Illinois. Il Illinois has had that. But they they've... I feel like they're. I'm saying I mean, they've dropped. Like they they brought you know most of their hammers this year, and they took eighth. And Illinois yeah, runs yeah. Fargo Illinois down traditionally. Uh, they're they're down a lot. Just logged right off. Uh, so yeah, they're they're down. <laughs> I would say, listen, I, Illinois. That's was, where it's like I feel like it's cyclical. Like I feel like Illinois. Like, are you really <laughs> thinking they're gonna be down forever? Because I don't I don't think that. No. Also, the impact that, that Corona had on that state was a lot more than it did on other states. And yeah, that. so, like, AJ Heeg is in Oklahoma now. Like, how many kids are like that? How many kids just had their training completely disrupted? Illinois gets a pass for a little bit, and it's going to take time, I think, to. 
because they they have a, just a system that's designed to like win duels in Fargo. Like they're really really good. But that was where so good. This uh, uh, let me push back on that a little bit. That's where um, I think they did it earlier than anyone, where they had a really functional state system, which did a great job of getting the best kids out, getting them to freestyle and Greco camps and all this stuff. And now with you know like what JD was saying about the club system, it's like. Yeah, but a lot of these kids are training year-round at high-level clubs, um, and that's so much more impactful than having a good state system, right? So, like, you know, obviously AWA, we founded in 2011, and we were the first club to go year-round in Wisconsin. But And, and, and you know, honestly, that first summer, or the first couple, there was practice. We had four dudes at practice. I mean, like, nobody. You know, it was, it was bare bones. Um and now I think probably if you did average weekly attendance, just in, in different individuals at all of our academies right now um, during the summer, I think we'd be at 250 to 300. Like different kids showing up at practice, and we don't we don't have any 10 and unders right now. We 10 and unders do not practice during the summer, so we're between the age of 10 and 18, and the high majority would be high school. So like the amount of kids who are actually wrestling like longer is is crazy to me. Yeah. Um. But it is there is cyclical talent. Iowa's had this in the yeah. in the past where they've had big awesome classes. Oklahoma like had one in like 2014 yep. or 15 when they had Dayton and JoJo and Kate Brock and G and some other yep. kids. It, it was it was just insane the talent they had. Yeah. They mm-hmm. they won Iowa's, freestyle easily. Iowa's class with like you guys are probably better than like. Um, McDonough, Borschel, LeClaire, uh, Slayton. Uh, there was like that class or that yeah. group was really deep. And then a few years later, you had like St. John Gambrel, Nick Moore. Yeah. There's just a bunch of a bunch of really good Iowa kids then too. Um, so yeah, it is cyclical, but um, I think I think when you have the stability of the clubs that they provide, I don't. It, it may not. Um, ebb and flow to the degree it, it had maybe it will but um. you know they, they took six at 16 u so it, it's not like they're super down after the these couple guys these couple classes leave but it's not uh kind of the walk through junior duels and double up second place points at fargo yeah type situation probably mm-hmm. coming through with the next couple of years it's good it's good um Okay, let's get to some other um, Fargo things before we transition to questions. Is there anything else um, you want to talk about? I mean, the Bar Welsh match was probably the best final. Maybe, maybe Riggins match. Ruiz was, but Riggins Ruiz was good. Yeah, um, the Bar running down Welsh late was was pretty freaking impressive. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Gibson stance was good too, but yeah, I agree with what you said for sure. Yeah, that was very good. Um, kind of mired by the finish. Yeah. All right, let's get to some questions then. Um, we already talked also, about... shout out Corey Land. Yes. Um, shout out Corey Land. Alabama's second all-time champ. Yeah, and I did, I'm going to be honest, I did uh, not think... Sam Latona. Latona. I did not think Land was going to be able to navigate that 132 bracket. But Alabama thing. JD Raider. Mm-hmm. It rhymes for a reason. He's from uh, he's from Moody, which is not too far from where my grandparents live, actually. Okay, uh, maybe he's your kinfolk. Maybe not, but maybe. All right, Matt wants to know how involved Ben is in the recruiting process for his wrestlers. The medium, not overly involved. Medium um, involved. You know, they, they ask my opinion, I give them my opinion, and um, there's obviously some things I really don't like that college coaches do, and so I make sure to say that. Like the whole, like, the, here's your offer, you have like two weeks, like that's bullshit. I don't like that. Um, yeah, so uh, I would say medium involved. I advise them, and I usually let them kind of come to me and ask questions as opposed to me trying to put something on them. Yeah. And, goes on the and the Missouri, too. the Missouri and Illinois, Northern Iowa connection, just like um, you know, a lot of people think we're sending people there, but it's like people have friends. Like Jacob Roshko went to Missouri; he was really good friends with Peyton Mako. Peyton Mako went to Missouri. Peyton Mako and Jacob Roshko were really good friends with Keegan O'Toole. So then Keegan O'Toole goes to Missouri. You know, it's just like 
And then same thing with Northern Iowa happened. You know, it's just like they kind of like our friends. They talk to their friends, and then then their friends say, "Hey, Coach Schwab or Coach Smith, recruit this guy. This guy's gonna be really good." And then it starts happening, and boom. Yeah, it's yeah. like verbal meme. One guy going here, little domino, and then big domino. Yeah. Keegan O'Toole going to Missouri. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, do you think do you think uh, coaches recruit your guys a little differently, knowing that you're? That, do you think they they save some of their uh, they, tactics? They don't, and it's it's so annoying to me that they still haven't figured this out. Like, um, you know, obviously, like two guys we just had, Shane Corgan and Caleb Munier, um, they're they're peaking now, right? These guys are guys who've never ever been in the high school rankings, but they're good and they were developing. And, you know, now they, I think in the fifth place match, Caleb beat uh, the number five guy in the country. And in the seventh place match, uh, Shane beat the number 13 guy in the country. And it's like, they're both going division two. And not that I have anything wrong with division two, but these are guys who maybe shouldn't be getting big offers from division ones, um, but probably shouldn't be getting some offers for division ones. And they got no offers whatsoever, you know? Um, luckily the division two in our state, UW Parkside, uh, their head coach was uh, came to AWA. We have a great relationship. I think he's amazing. But yeah, the fact that college coaches haven't figured out yet that our guys are going to develop late. I mean, look, Ben Kochinski, right? He won Fargo last year. Um, and especially because Corona, some of our guys didn't get seen for a while. So, you know, all of a sudden he becomes a freaking savage and he's going D3 because, you know, it's like, I don't, if they don't trust me, I don't know who the hell they're going to trust. Like, I'm not going to bullshit him. Like, if this kid's getting really good, I'm going to tell you, hey, this kid's like, he's getting there. Like, he's, I think he's going to be really good. But they still don't trust it. it. It's really weird. Like, they need to see the results. And the fact that some of them ha haven't figured it out, it, just, it, it does blow my mind. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Potential advantage for some. That's a, if, you know, maybe maybe a, a, a blue blood powerhouse maybe doesn't want to be, like, the first one to take a chance on a, on a kid kind of without the results behind them, but you would think that's a huge opportunity for like, you know, a program that's not in that category to jump yeah. in and, you know, take some chances. But on, the, on those two guys I mentioned, um, like no one took chances on, it. you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not a thousand percent sure. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm only 99% sure that they did not have any, they might've had a couple of D one colleges call them, but there was no offers made from any division one colleges. And, you know, like like I said, a guy like Caleb Munier is he just beat the number five guy in the country to take fifth place at Fargo. Like he is absolutely division one level and and no one no one. No one. Not not the best programs. No one gave him an offer. And it's like yeah, I yeah, I don't know how they're not seeing Ben Kaczynski again. No, no one gave him an offer till July twenty and he said, Hey, I'm moving in, in three weeks, I'm not I'm not gonna change my plan. Good for him. So yeah. Cool. All right. Um, does AJ Ferrari's current behavior lower his sibling stock? Will coaches just not want to deal with the cloud of dust following them along? Sadly, maybe not sadly. I don't know. But fair or yeah. not, I'll say, yeah, absolutely. This is a tight-knit tight -knit family. And it, they seem like a sort of a package deal. You know, AJ went to Oklahoma State. They moved, you know, the kid... The, the brothers went to Stillwater. You think there's gonna be, they're gonna be connected, and so I do think this probably hurts their guys' yeah. stock. Um, I do think coaches are still gonna absolutely take, um, you know, are gonna offer these kids and, and try to AJ included. But yeah, I think the whole idea of the the package deal does maybe is gonna be a, a deterrent for some programs. Yeah, I would think so. Um, this last question is good, Christian. Um, would you rather get rid of grounded or slips? I mean, I would do both, but I, the answer is easy for me. Easy. What? What's it for you? Grounded. 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 Yeah. yeah. Easy. Slips aren't called like hardly at all in freestyle, so. Yeah. I had a bad yeah. one in one of my matches that I was like, There are about. some bad ones. They they still stink, but for whatever reason, I feel like grounded has changed well not for whatever reason i know the reason because it's true grounded has changed way more matches than slip yes. throws have like there's not some massive slip problem it's just sort of an annoying thing that happens sometimes 
but it's not terrible. Um, it is terrible. It's actually terrible, but in the grand scheme <laughs> of things, um, it's I can live with it a lot more than, than grounded. The so. the other one that I don't know why I didn't put in here to make a fun poll is correct throw. Um, did you guys see the freaking? Uh, it was cadet freestyle 170 finals when the guy wizard kicks the guy out of bounds and they gave him two and i'm like what the f-? obviously it wasn't a takedown and it should have been one and it was it, they called it a flipping correct throw for two points it's like no no this it, it's a wizard kick the guy landed on his knees he did a terrible job this is not a correct throw yeah no if it <laughs> the line is like if it was correct it would have worked yeah, it would have It's not it's so dumb. So dumb. Yeah, it's a weird one. I, I, it's just a weird thing where, like, Greco rules that have to be made so points are actually being scored, but then they, <laughs> they make they make it over to freestyle. You're like, wait a second. Don't do that. Don't 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 put that evil on us of slip throws and correct throws. Like, yeah, no. Seriously. No, just, like, real throws. And with Greco, you get what you get. And if, like... People aren't able to put people on their backs or secure takedowns or actually throw people. I don't. I don't really understand getting points, but, uh, or at least don't bring it over to freestyle. Would be my my thought. Yes. Don't put that evil on us, Ricky Bobby. Yes. Um, okay, Ricky Bobby's fun show. This has been good. I know uh, JD and and uh, John. They got some Fargoing to do. They got some Fargo catch up. They've been. Look at them. They're so full of life and energy. Just day one in the dome, full day of excitement. Day one in the dome, baby. Um, so I hope you. Hey, hope listen, you guys... I'm gonna make a recommendation. Yeah. We found this Mexican place called Mangoes, dude. It was the bomb. The we went there okay. twice. I took Bader there for my birthday dinner. Heck yeah. I eat Mexican all the time. It's what's it called? Hit, the turf. Hit up man- it's called Mango. Mango. <laughs> yeah, the turf. Uh, like, it's like attached to a gas station, so you'd be like, oh, this is sketch, dude. It was so good. Okay. Heck yeah. Get some Sometimes the best Mexican I have is attached to gas stations. All right. Mangoes. <laughs> All right. We'll look into it. If you're in Fargo, now's your chance. Get Go up, on mangoes. the mangoes. They got some great uh, quesadillas and uh, the fajitas. The whole thing's great. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back. We will see you next time. Thank you, Ben, JD, and John, and especially you for listening. Have a great Wednesday. See you next time, guys. <laughs>